Property Matters on Dublin South FM, the show that brings global trends to an Irish audience. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or by email at hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Your host today is myself, Carol Tallon. We're not in studio today, like most of the planet. Property Matters is in containment due to coronavirus or COVID-19. And we are, of course, adhering to um, the strictest social distancing guidelines. So I'm delighted to be joined today by phone uh, with the wonderful Anthony Slumbers. Anthony's a, a guest of the show and, of course, a PropTech guru that most of our listeners would be familiar with. Anthony, you're very welcome. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here. You see, technology does work. Technology works. We've been <laughs> saying it for quite a while. Anthony, exactly. tell me, before we get started, uh, uh, talking about property and PropTech, how are things where you are right now? Oh, what is it? It's... <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Quite sure. Sure, the words actually. I mean, it's all slightly discombobulating. Would be probably the best word. I mean, everything's shut. Um, no one's really moving, moving in anywhere. Um, it's quite interesting, actually. My wife works for an estate agent that they've shut today, and it looks like the other the other agents are all shutting shutting today, or at least or at least moving moving home. Um, we okay, but when, have, Anthony, but, when you say shutting, are they are they like closing for business or are they sending staff home but working remotely? No, 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 sending sending staff home. Okay, sending staff home. I think it's you know within agencies, all a bit of an experiment. You know, lots mm-hmm. of people going. Well, I've no idea whether this is going to work. But you know, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday, and of course, everything she uses is is online. Doesn't really create a lot of paper. Not that many people come into the uh, into the agency, the physical agency. So touch wood. I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, funny enough, last week um, she was sell- selling her house and she had nineteen offers on it. <laughs> the most offers and she'd ever. That's, she'd that's ever had. interesting. Yeah. Well, now those nineteen people had they all viewed the property in person previously? Well, well, that's the thing. You see, they've all viewed it, viewed it in person. So that's yeah. where I think they're nervous at the moment because mm-hmm. they can carry on the sales progression with with um, deals that are already going. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, they're sort of expecting some buyers <laughs> to to try and chip chip back some money. But nevertheless, they might be able to be done. Quite what happens about showing people around, or what will happen over the next couple of weeks, I don't know. But I don't think we know. At all, I, I I think we just have to re- reset, think think hard, get ourselves properly set up at home. Get to look for the for people who are not used to any of this. Get yourself set mm-hmm. up at home. Get used. To, I mean, I've been I've been basically working at home for twenty years. So, uh, mm-hmm. but but even I yesterday, I um, over the weekend, I updated quite a bit of my hardware in the in my office at home because I've. I've done like zoom calls with, with people for years but suddenly i'm doing zoom calls with like 10 people so i yes. you know it's like oh i better upgrade the router and better plug my macbook straight into ethernet rather than on wi-fi this sort of thing but i think people have to get people get used to it get to play around with all the new tools see what happens talk to people talk to people talk to people there's this sort of fantasy fallacy i think a lot of people 
who've never worked remotely that think um, you never talk to anyone. But I talk to people nonstop and, and do yeah. talk, to, talk to all your team nonstop, help, help each other out. And you learn a bit of, we'll get familiar with this quite quickly. And then who knows what's going to happen, but at least you can be in as best a position. All you can do is get yourself into as best a position as you can be to deal with whatever comes down our track. What, what about what, what about yeah. over, over there? How's, how's things in, uh, in Ireland? Well, obviously we're only a week into this um, effective kind of shutdown, but of course it's not a shutdown of business. But what's really interesting is that it's testing everything that we've been um I suppose everything that we've been talking about over the last number of years about prop tech and um, using technology. And I'm reminded of that, you know, that um, oh, that famous quote, it's only when the tide goes out that you realise who's been swimming. Yes. Naked. And that's that's really what we're saying, you know, across estate agencies, but not just estate agencies. You know, this applies to construction companies and property developers, all, all sorts of businesses, engineering firms. But one of the things we've been saying really for the past two years is that we've noticed a widening gap between the businesses um, that are embracing technology and doing it well, not just in a token sort of a way, actually doing it well and changing processes around it. There's a huge gap between those and the people who haven't. And, you know, it's funny, over the past 12 months, we've been saying, particularly for construction companies and estate agencies, we've been saying that actually as that gap widens, it's going to get very difficult, not just expensive, but even culture wise and training wise, it's going to get very difficult to, to narrow that gap. And actually, that's where I think we're seeing problems at the moment. So, for example, we saw straight away last week um, the agency, the estate agencies that had actually embraced things like 360 video, virtual reality walkthroughs, all sorts of remote viewing, right down to simple video tours. Those companies that have been embracing it for the past two or three years, they just hit the ground running. You know, straight away when a when a viewing cancelled, they were able to send out a video and circulate online and do all of that. It's it's very difficult for the firms who haven't been making small steps mm. towards progress over the last number of years to adjust to what's happened in the last 10 mm. days. Um, and that's that's really the biggest the, the biggest gap. And that's the biggest worry that I see. Um, and. You know, in a way, like from our point of view at Property District and, and through PropTech Ireland, we saw an increase of inquiries last week of 250%. <laughs> so um, now, look, I, I'm not in any way, I, I'm not in any way taking pleasure out that. In fact, if anything, I'm now very worried that we don't, um, we don't have the resources to actually get all of the estate agencies now who need it up to speed in terms of virtual reality tours and even down to um, floor plan uh, mapping and and even teaching about best use of video to do video tours and getting it online. And especially for businesses that don't even have their social media profiles built up. So even if they do get their, you know, even if they can get uh, video tours done, they don't have any way to circulate it. You know, they've nothing except the portals. That has been their only use of technology over the last number of years. So like I said, I'm, I'm not taking any pleasure in this at all. In fact, I'm genuinely concerned that we don't have the resources and the facilities to help all the agencies that need help right now. So I'm really hoping that the, um, not uh, you know, the, the membership bodies uh, for estate agents, I'm hoping that they will really step up and try 
resource their members and actually get this technology deployed. And so one of the big things I see at the moment, uh, we're starting to see a little bit of opportunism and I don't want to see that. Um, that's not the way we want to grow prop tech. We need, we actually need to be really creating um, a collaboration culture right now. So we're happy to share any knowledge we have. And I'm hoping, speaking to you today, that you're going to share knowledge that you have. We'll give that knowledge for free. We want to empower as many people in the industry to to become more resilient and to to be agile enough to adjust to this change quickly without it without yeah, it jeopardizing yeah, I, their I, company I, and the future of the absolutely. business. Absolutely. I mean, you know, mother necessity is the mother of all, of all invention and and need, needs must, you know. I, I complete, mm. completely agree. I've, I've, I've said, said for years that there will come a point when suddenly we find that X company is 10 times better at doing something than the normal yeah. as opposed to just a, a little bit. But, you know, everyone's, it's, it's, there has never been a better opportunity to, to dive in. And there is an awful, there is an awful lot online to, to help people. You know, that's the great, that's the great thing about about um, you know the, the internet and all that, there's an unbelievable amount of resources on online, and so yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And um, Anthony, speaking of resources online, I don't know was this planned? Was it in the works? Do you just have exceptionally good timing? But you actually just yeah. you just launched an online masterclass. We, we have we have in, indeed we've launched. Um, my, this is this is myself and a. Very good friend of mine called uh, Joe Polek, who lives in um, New York and is something of a all-round super big brain real, real estate real estate guru. And I, and I have talked to each other for for many years about about all this sort of you know the impact of technology on real estate. And to be honest, we had been we've been working on doing an online course for probably two two or three months. It just happened that we were ready to go. Just as just as this all all blew blew up, but but the but the point is, on, online is there there is so much to learn and so much that needs to be learned that the best place to do an awful lot of this is is online, and we thought this is a good opportunity to um, to start to be able to. Um, scale what Draw and I do a lot of anyway. Draw and I both work with a with a, a, a limited number of um, of corporates, and both of us do a lot of public speaking. But you know, frankly, neither of us scale. You know, I cannot be in two play two play places as one. So you know, I talk to a lot of people, and I reach quite quite a lot of people in my blog and all that sort of thing. But we but we thought we should actually combine combine our skills. And offer a, a deep dive into pretty much everything you need to know um, about technology if you're in the real estate industry, and about real estate if you're in the prop tech industry. Because this is this is the, the the big issue, and it's not just in prop tech; it happens in many fields. That you get you get the technologists who don't have any domain knowledge, and the do people with the domain knowledge who don't have any technology knowledge, and they all end up sort of rather wasting money and disappearing down the wrong rabbit holes because they don't really know what the what they're doing there's a there's a there's a whole role and a requirement we believe for this intermediary role of explaining real estate to technology people and technology to to real estate people so um yeah. yes we're we're we're, ho we're hoping to hoping to launch it launch in the next month and um see where we go from there but it should be extremely interesting 
Well, look, obviously, you know that we're a fan of your work. Um, last October, through Property District and PropTech Ireland, we launched our um, our C-suite yeah, sessions, um, the masterclasses for 2020. And in fact, you came over and delivered on two of them over in our, back in Ireland. So we we hadn't at that time taken the online masterclasses online. We were running them in the RDS and you we were delighted you were able to make it over you you flew over and delivered two as I recall one was space as a service and the other was artificial it intelligence was, yeah. use cases for real estate was, yeah. and yeah and I actually one of the things we do in our master classes is that we deliberately make them very very small so we only have between 12 and 20 people and the reason for that is because we want um an element of not just networking, but actually almost bonding uh, between prop tech startups and, again, those with specialist technology, but maybe not real estate domain knowledge. We want them really to get to know each other, to start building relationships. And we found that the best way to do that was in a very small room where people are, are forced to to essentially talk and engage and, and you know, chat over coffee. And you know, it, it's interesting now because we can see that when you're talking about from a scale from a scalability point of view, really, we need to be taking this a step further and taking it online. So that's why I was so delighted to see the initiative that you were taking with this. And I think there's huge demand for it. In fact, if anything, I, I would have believed there was demand for it before two weeks ago. But now I can see that there's actually a very urgent demand, particularly now we're seeing the cancellation and the postponement of events like uh, MIPIM and Future Prop Tech and Prop IT in Dubai, which I'm so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it isn't Look, I, I understand it's a very selfish thing to, to be disappointed when these big events are going ahead, because obviously we know from a safety point of view that cancelling and postponing is not only the right thing to do, it's the only thing to do. But it doesn't stop you missing the opportunities that you were banking on really in terms of connecting with people from other for in other parts of the world. Um, and so in terms of the masterclass, I presume you're looking to to get contributions globally. Well we said we're, we're certainly looking looking to get contributions in terms of people people taking part. And actually just going, going back to what you were, were saying about ha, ha, the um, the networking opportunities and the sort of the sort of bonding. When we were, were designing this, the, the the principle was that we wanted we wanted to do we wanted to do three things. So partly we wanted to provide a a corpus of material that people could use that people could view as and when they wanted to do it. You know, typical on online course thing there is there's 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 eight modules. You can do them middle of the night, middle of the day. It doesn't matter when you when when you do them. Um, but we also wanted to do some in-person, in-person interaction, real life in in real time in interaction, but also try and get try and enable the students in commerce to um, to interact and get to get to know each other. So one of the the way we're we're, we're going to be running this is that we will have each each week we will have a certain. A certain amount of a course material will be uh, be put out there, which will consist of of uh, videos, some readings, uh, maybe some polls, the, those sorts of things. And then we intend to have at the end of each at the end of each week a little interview um, session, which will be just draw an eye 
and draw and I will be, if you like, in conversation with each other. So draw, you were talking this week about et cetera, et cetera. What do you think are the most important things that people should have got from this? And Anthony, you were talking about this. How do you see that developing? So there's a little bit, little bit of seeing the, the, the two of us interact, but then we were also going to have, um, we haven't decided how long they're going to be yet. They might be an hour, they might be two hours. Op open, open webinars, as it were. So ag again, it would be pretty much a ask us anything. So the the idea would be right. We this is what we this is what we told you we were going to teach you this week. Hopefully this is this is what what you did and this is what you learned. And now let let's discuss it. Who has something to uh, something to say? So we get this combination of trying to build a virtual. Um, buddy network almost you know a friends network like like, yeah. like people who have a you know i have a fantastic um uh tw twitter feed where i've met so many people all around the world from my twitter account and there's lots of people i've, I've never you know i've either never met or took years years to be but we, we have really really great in-depth um com com conversations so the the idea is to we believe there's a there's a there's a core, if you like, a core curriculum of things that are applicable globally, regardless. You know, the foundational, foundational ideas and frameworks and ways of thinking. And then we think there's going to be layers of specific things to do with different asset classes. So the first course we're doing is going to be dealing with offices, and then we deal with retail and hospitality, et cetera, et cetera. But then, and funny enough, I just I was just chatting with a with a friend in Hong Kong this morning about doing a, 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 a custom module, which would be attitudes to, um, to PropTech in, in Asia. And you, you, could, you, could do, you could do this in, any, anywhere. So it's sort of, when we start this, we're probably gonna do it in real time. So we will do it with a course that will start on a particular day and we will talk at the end of the week for four for, for weeks or so. After that, we will start to build up this, um, this uh, record, recorded material, and people will be able to drop in when, when you like. But it, you know, the, the, it, there's an interesting thing I think in in, in real estate and prop tech. It's the, there's a there's a commonality of language and a commonality of problems and a commonality of of purpose, and then there's differences to do with different locations and the way the way people treat different assets. You know, I'm, it's interesting. I know that if you you know, if you look at the way people use offices in different European countries, they all tend to use them in 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 different ways. So the the, opp the opportunity is to really broaden broaden everyone's mind everyone's mind to the the best and most interesting things that are available anywhere. Because that is ultimately the the point of international conferences and the point of. Um, open courses like this is that you get you get input from any anyone around the world and you simply can't do that you know there's this wonderful uh, quotation that's been around for ages bill joy who was one of the original founders of silicon graphics which is you need to be quite an old timer but silicon graphics was a really big fish back in the uh, 80s or early 90s and and bill joy used to say no matter who you are most of the smartest people work somewhere else so Okay. Which is which is great, which is a great way of thinking it. You know, we surround ourselves with yeah. you know bright, smart people as many as we can. But frankly, most of the most of the smart people are somewhere else. 
And this is this is yeah, but apart apart from anything else, when we're talking about um, an industry that is still emerging, then or a sector that's still emerging, then you have to think that actually. Um, there are so many elements here where, uh, you know, there's, there are no experts yeah. as yet. Yes. So actually collecting all the insights from experience, experiences on the ground, not just from different countries, but from different cities within different countries. I think that's hugely important. So I love that there's that you are building in a mechanism to actually capture those insights to be able to incorporate them into future use, because that's that's where the bank of expertise builds up. You know, we don't have it yet. You know, we we need there has to be an element of research and gathering, and we can only get that from practitioners on Absolutely. the ground. So this Absolutely. is yeah. yeah so. I, I love that concept. Um, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, particularly in these very surreal times. Before we let you go, you might just remind our listeners how to how they can access your information so they'll be ready when the masterclass is led. Uh, okay, if they go to realinnovationacademy.com, realinnovationacademy.com, it's all there. Or if they go to anthonyslumbers.com, or follow me on Twitter, Anthony Slumbers. Any of those ways they can get in, get in touch with, with us. And I'd be delighted to um, hear from anyone and I'll give as much help as I can, of course, to, to anyone. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll share all of those details through PropTech Ireland at prop-tech.ie. We'll leave it there for now. Our thanks again to Anthony Slumbers, Spaces Service Expert, friend of the show and all-round PropTech guru, Anthony, stay safe. Uh, we need to take a quick break for now. Stay tuned. Everything's fine on 93.9. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. So I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Nicholas Polly, founder and managing director at uh, 3D Design Bureau. Nick, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks a million, Karen, for having me. Okay, your team must be very busy um, at 3D Design Bureau because obviously as a provider to the planning, construction and property industries, you have a good perspective kind of on the immediate COVID-19 reaction. So let's start with your design and build clients. What kind of activity have you been seeing over the last week or what kind of reactions are you seeing from the design and build side over the last few days? Yeah, it's um, it's all positive still. Um I think a lot of uh, sort of work hasn't slowed down in any way, um, but that's not to say that it won't uh, slow mm-hmm. down uh, depending on what comes out of government and things are changing on a daily basis. So I think people have adjusted to working remotely. We've been working remotely now, say, for over a week. Uh, we're lucky in the sense that we had some remote team members anyway, so it didn't come as a daunting task um, like it may have for other people. And, and mm-hmm. to be fair, there's some companies who are very large, like, say, architectural practices, who have probably found it challenging mm-hmm. uh, to get remote working. Um, but from what I can see right now, uh, it's still full steam ahead. The planning authorities are still accepting planning applications. Uh, so on the planning side of stuff, uh, everything is still very much a go um, we're very much working at 100% capacity um, and the team are doing a great job in fairness it, it's challenging in the sense that you don't you don't get that communication with your team like you would so in terms of 
if anyone in this current climate is thinking of sort of growing or trying to implement sort of strategies, I think that's put on a hiatus right now mm-hmm. while they just bunker down and get through the work that's there. But yeah, all, all positive so far. OK, yeah. And look, I, I think it's interesting because we saw um, we saw a lot of activity coming out on board Canola and decisions coming out over the past few days. So they're clearly still operating. We know that, the as you said, the planning applications are being accepted. Um, so let let's just um, move to say the visualizations that you guys do so you you're involved in projects actually do you know just for the benefit of our audience although you've joined us on the show before nick you might just give an overview as to the services that 3d design bureau offers yeah so like we kind of go across four pillars like one of the first pillar is 3d planning solutions uh, so working on design teams from a very early design planning stage of a project then we've got 3d marketing solutions so everything related to marketing of um properties you know animations virtual tours like off plans virtual tours we've we're currently implementing bim solutions now 3d 4d and 6d bim and then we've got reality capture which will be a, what we term it's a sort of loose term but it's where we're sort of uh, putting like architecture and commercial photography and then our Matterport 360 virtual tour. So it's across the four pillars that we're, uh, that we deliver our um, our services. And I suppose in terms of the 3D planning solutions, uh, we haven't noticed any impact on that. Um, in the marketing solutions, I think there's probably going to be a bit of a hit there where people are kind of like, okay, uh, discretionary spend like on the marketing side is going to be uh, looked at. Um, but I think where we're going to probably see an offset of that is in the reality capture, in particular in the Matterport mm-hmm. 360 tours. Okay, and actually that's definitely an interesting one that I want to that I want to move on to next. But before we move off, um, say the the planning side of things, because as you mentioned, the first pillar of your business there is to get involved at very early stages. Have you been in the last kind of week or ten days? Have you been made aware of any uh, new developments that will be going forward for planning or? At a very early stage, are you starting to see a stall on projects? No, um, which is really encouraging right now. Um, I think what's happening is I did hear rumours that there's um, potentially emergency legislation coming in this week around the planning side of stuff. And if I was to guess, I would say probably there might be a you'll still be able to submit planning applications, but there might they might be put on ice, kind of like the Christmas period, but it'll allow people still to submit planning applications. But we're still getting project inquiries. We're still getting appointed on projects. Obviously, we're very conscious that we don't, uh, that we're getting appointed, but that to make sure from a cash flow perspective that um, invoices are paid. And look, we have a very strict uh, policy for the last five years in terms of that. Um, but I think it's very important for consultants out there to be mindful of that uh, right now. And um, because mm-hmm. the last thing you want is to run into doing a load of work and uh, then cash flow being a problem. But from a, a, an appointment point of view, no, we're still getting appointed on new projects. Um, up to even yesterday, there's a new project, there's a large project inquiry came in yesterday evening for an SHD application um, that we've been asked to work on from like technical verified views and CGIs and potentially daylight analysis. So like things yeah. are still moving, you know, um, it just, it's it's anybody's guess as to how it will go. But for now, we're full steam ahead and okay. there isn't any slowdown on the other side. 
Well, look, that's that's encouraging to hear, um, particularly in light of uh, the construction sector coming under such controversy for keeping yep. construction sites open. And I'm very conscious that we're recording this interview a couple of hours before it will go out live on radio. So I'm very aware that by six o'clock this evening on Tuesday, um, what we say now could be out of date because we know that the construction sector has been coming under pressure. We know that there have been um, you know, images circulating of crowded canteens and, um, you know, it, it's a sector that's... we have to be careful of that though, Carol, as well. Sorry for cutting across you, but I think we have to no. be careful. Like every every company out there, like the construction companies, are doing their level best to make sure that uh, protocols are being implemented. I think the general public, as much as people are giving out about people out and about, I think for 75, 80% of people, people are adhering to social distancing in the general public and stuff. Uh, I think the government are doing, in my opinion, I think the government are doing, are doing a very good job. They're phasing in stuff uh, and they're not just doing the nuclear option on everything. Uh, so I think they're listening to expert advice and I think that's yes. very encouraging. On the construction sites, I, I, I do believe that the, the construction companies, the developers, the, the, the major players and, and anyone that's on site are doing their level best to ensure that the right protocols are in place. They don't want shutdown. Like that's going to just be a nightmare for them, for the clients, for everyone involved. So of course they're going to do their level best. And stuff you're going to see on social media. I think we have to be careful that you know what I mean. Uh, some some of it uh, I'm sure might be well, true. Some will be verified. Be, so be careful. Yeah, exactly. And so you have we have to be careful on that. I think. Yeah, and look, I I absolutely agree with you. Um, I absolutely agree with you on that. And in fact, if anything, I think over the last week we've seen. Um, really positive images and in fact as recently as yesterday and today you know walls posted um, actually images of what social distancing on building sites looked like which I felt was really helpful because the Construction Industry Federation has given great guidance and we know that all of this is done in compliance with the HSE guidelines but I thought it was really interesting to see contractors showing us you know some of the best in class contractors um, you know from from the larger ones like Walls to maybe the midsize um, heading towards larger like Townmore, actually showing us what this looks like on site. And it was it was very good. It was very descriptive. So we know that uh, best practices have been put in place. So I agree with you. I, from my point of view, I think it's very important that the construction um, sites where possible are kept open, particularly those dealing with uh, vital services. Um, and I think that maybe there's a... a, a a confusion around what vital services are being delivered by the construction sector, because I think people don't necessarily associate it with things like uh, water and sewage and and vital infrastructure that needs to be to be uh, delivered and maintained. So there's definitely a misunderstanding there. So I think um, the, any news that comes out this afternoon, it will be interesting to see um, how this will be approached from a uh, I suppose from an assessment, from a risk assessment point of view. So, will the risk be seen to outweigh the the critical delivery? We just don't know yet. And I don't think, yeah, and 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 that's the that's the crucial thing. Like everyone's doing what they can. I'm sure, if they're not, they should be because it's vital uh, for the health and well being of 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 workers. That's a really really important. Like you know, that's the four first and foremost important thing. But I think a lot of this might be outside our control. Um, I think it's going to come from government level uh, for all businesses, um, you know, as to what will happen. And I think we just have to roll with it. We just don't want to be 
in a situation like other countries, you know, we definitely don't want that. And that's the most important thing because mm -hmm. the, the fallout of that, I think, on the far side is going to be a lot worse than, um, than what if we do implement more stringent measures. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I think one thing that most people would be in agreement with is that the current government are actually doing a very good job and that measures have been taken in a timely fashion. They've been communicated well. There has been a good balance of um, safety safety precautions being put in place while continuing to keep business going. And that's vital as well. So, you know, it's certainly I, I think the Irish government have actually shown exceptional leadership and, and foresight um, in, in how they've behaved here. And actually what you're telling me, Nick, is really positive from the planning and even uh, on the construction side. So let's move to one of the other areas of your business, because this is where we're seeing um, we're, we're probably seeing the most uh, panic or chaos in the, at the moment. So okay. um, from the, say, for example, moving on to the, the offering that you have for mm. estate agents using virtual reality tours and property viewings, you know, last week, by by last Monday, we, we saw that there was an immediate impact on estate and letting agents. Um, and I'm not sure that the capability was there um, to, to be able to hit the ground running. Um, from our point of view, through PropTech Ireland, we saw an increase of about 250% um, in terms of, of uh, inquiries in. And they weren't all for virtual viewing. Some of them were for online bidding. Some of them were how to access, you know, cloud computing uh, or sorry, how to access um, accounts through, through the cloud. So basically all elements of PropTech that maybe estate and letting agents were vaguely aware of and probably agreed that they were important, but perhaps didn't um, prioritise the implementation of it. Now we're seeing that actually those businesses are genuinely in, in trouble trying to to keep properties mm. um, available for viewings. So you mentioned that you are actually dealing with uh, Matterport virtual reality tours at the moment. What are you doing for estate and letting agents? Yeah, pretty much what we've been doing all along, like we've been doing it for a couple of years. Um, it's just one element of the business under the sort of reality capture solutions. But it's really straightforward for, for agents. You know, it's a very valuable tool, even outside of the current crisis we're in. But it's a really, really valuable tool because it's 24-7 uh, uh, access to um, houses that are on the market, you know, and it's a really straightforward thing to do in terms of going in um, with the technology, scanning the, the property and delivering a, within about 48 hours, tops 24 to 48 hours, getting a full virtual tour of the of that property and it's an immersive tour you can see it in you know what there's different functionalities of the tour from uh dollhouse views so seeing the entire layout sort of a mm -hmm. bird's eye view then to dropping down within the space but what's really really key on these tours and and i suppose what i feel that uh, not just agents anyone who even hotels and offices that we we do as well they don't take advantage enough of the what we call the tags that are within the tour. And there are these little circles that you can click on and it delivers information, whether that be text, photos or even video. So if you've got videos on YouTube and um, you can actually embed them within the tours. And that's really valuable from a virtual viewing point of view where you might do a short video on your iPhone, upload it to, a, um, uh, to your YouTube channel and then embed it in the tour to allow people to allow agents to 
sell off the space when someone's actually in the space and not just i think there's a little bit of confusion out there about a lot of people are show, throwing out terminology of virtual tours mm-hmm. virtual tours and um, what i deem them to be are the matterport 360 virtual tours other people are calling virtual tours where they've gone in they've done a video just a handheld video walking through the house they put that up online and then someone rings the uh, the, uh, the agent and they talk through the video. That's not really practical in my opinion. The videos are great, but then trying to organize a time to speak to someone who might be working remotely with kids at home and all the other stress that's going on. Having 24-7 a virtual tour there with embedded videos to help, say, sell certain areas of the house. So if there's a converted attic space, for example, having a video in there to to explain what's you know the the space is about that's invaluable you know um, and to have it for your all your properties is is really really uh, a valuable tool in the estate agency world at the moment um okay but taking things and and you know that i agree with you i'm, I'm a huge proponent of prop tech uh, for estate and, and letting and managing agents but say taking the situation where we are now <coughs> excuse me um where where are we in terms of capacity? Because one of the things I reached out to you earlier this week or, or uh, yesterday, because we are already seeing that um, people providing these services are already running into capacity issues. So say for estate mm. and letting agents who haven't engaged um, with this type of technology before, are they going to be able to get services delivered over the next week or two? Ah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I can't speak for any other providers. And I know there are a couple of people out there that would have their business solely around this. And this is a very good time for them in the sense that there's there's a lot of business there to be had. But, but then they struggle. And, um, you know, these these are generally startups or people who are doing it one or two person operations. So, in fact, you know, we would have a, an ongoing flow of of. Uh, business and referrals to to startups and to technology providers like that. And what we're seeing in the last week is that they're at capacity. They can't do much more for the next number of weeks. So this is why I want to see, you know, are there solutions that estate and letting agents who don't already have relationships with providers, is there a way that they can actually hit the ground running over the next week? Yeah, well, like, you know what I mean? In terms of in terms of our capacity, yeah, we're fine. We're we're rolling it out in terms of not being able to reach someone for a few weeks. Like that's a serious order book, even for one or two people. Mm. I think what's happening, though, just be careful. Like, you know, if you're on the road 24 seven doing this and you have no backroom uh, support team running your business, that's probably where a lot of the um, a lot of people might be running into difficulty because, you still have to get paid for this to run the business. And they they realize that they still got to run their business in the background. So that sort of stuff has to has to continue, um, which is a challenge in itself, yeah. you know. Um, but like, for example, if we, you know, we were contacted, we were talking to an estate agent yesterday. I was talking to him and he wants, I think he's got a, a book of a number of properties he wants done. But like the, once he sends them through, we'll probably get depending on how many they are we'll we'll get through them no problem like you know what i mean yeah it's you know you'd want to be i would imagine you want to be hit with like 
100, 200 properties in one go to to start running into problems. But I don't see that happening. Like, you know what I mean? And I really don't, you know, so I can't, in fairness, I can't speak for the other the other people and how their businesses are set up. But I'd imagine running the business is a challenge as well in the current climate. Ah, yeah, of course. And, you know, Nick, I don't put you on the spot, but I want to make this helpful for, again, estate and letting agents who haven't engaged with this type of technology before. Can you can you just give a quick overview of the different types of uh, remote viewing services available or technologies available and an idea of price point just so agents know what their options are? Yeah, so we like it's very straightforward from an agent's point of view. We we base our tours off um say one bedroom apartment, two bedroom apartment, one bed, two, three and four bedroom houses or five bedroom houses. And they range in cost. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think like a one bedroom apartment, I think is 235 quid mm-hmm. plus maybe travel expenses if we have to, to go outside of Dublin up to say, I think a, a five bedroom house or four bedroom house is like, I think about 450 euros or something like that. Um, and then if it goes beyond that, then it, it gets more expensive. I suppose the challenge for the estate agents here, Carol, is going to be, who foots the bill? Yeah, you know what I mean. Is it them or is it the the client? Like if you're talking about say a, a, a two bed apartment, you know the the idea of virtual viewing is fantastic, but it comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. And and if the estate agent's tight on their fees, they're not prob they're going to be probably reluctant to um to take it out of their fees. You know, so well all all um, estate agents in Ireland are tight on their fees. In fact, it's one of the things that is really broken in our estate agency sector. And I say that having not been um, an estate agent ever, but quite frankly, we've allowed our fees to get too low to the point where it is difficult for estate agents to be able to deliver the quality of service that people want and expect and to still be well rewarded for it. You know, when we compare ourselves to other jurisdictions, the fees in Ireland um, are just too low for the service that's expected. And this yeah. this unfortunately is going to put pressure on it. Um, whereas, you know, I think even kind of a couple of months ago or even like two and three years ago, when we were talking about implementing solutions like this. I know a number of firms who offered it as an optional extra to to the vendors. Um, but I also know others who absorb the cost as, as yeah. the, under the total marketing contribution. And so they were essentially footing some of the bill for this. And I don't know how sustainable that's going to be for a whole portfolio of properties. Um, So I suppose. Well, it means it it means employing someone full time in an agency to do this. Right. Uh, If you're if you're rolling it out uh, on a constant basis for some of the larger players. And I know and I think you're dead right. I know some players who who have implemented themselves and others who are like that, they can't absorb it because it's too much of a high percentage on their bottom line. Um, but ultimately, it does make a massive difference to the, the sale of, of a house, certainly even more so now because of what we're in, you know. Um, but yeah, you're right, like the, the, the fees are low. But again, we've we've tailored our sort of, let's call it our rate card, to try and tie in with that as best as possible. Like, you know, we're sort of at the bare bones. So like in yeah. terms of the deliverable that we coming out of 3D Design Bureau of Matterport tours will be what, you know, we'd class as a low ticket item in terms of 
the rest of the service we provide, but we think it's an important service in terms of the brand and, and what we produce, and it ties in very well, and, and it's why we continue to do it. But we, we keep it very lean, like, you yeah. know, there's, there wouldn't be a huge profit in it. So I suppose from a state agent point of view, if they come to us and say, look, oh, it's way too expensive, it's like, well, sorry, there's guys. There's nothing you can it's do. Not viable. Yeah. It's not viable. If we, if we, if we then cut the, the, the complete bottom out of it, then there's no point in us delivering it, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky one. Everyone's in, it's a tricky uh, scenario everyone's in at the moment, you know what I mean? But I think looking to tech and looking at innovative ways, if there's one thing, this is two things I uh, I learned from the last recession, and we went, went through six years of it last time around. One, act quickly. Two, innovate. And three, just don't give up you know just never ring the bell like you know it's the three three major lessons but you have to act quickly you can't be an oil tanker in the sea yeah. waiting to stop or turn you have to be the speedboat trying to turn and it might not be the right turn but if you do it quickly then you'll know it's not the the right turn quickly enough and you can then set a new course that can't be underestimated in terms of making sure you're looking to next week not like six months down the road you know what i mean making decisions quickly and if they're the wrong decision so be it then make another decision that could be the right decision but sitting around waiting for the magic bullet like you know that the answers are not there yet you know what i mean so you're going to have to figure them out we're all going to have to figure them out ourselves yeah look i i couldn't agree more and in fact i think that that final point you have to make and there's a really important one it's the importance of agility and and business organizations ability to be agile and what we saw um you know 12 13 years ago when the crash hit what we saw is that uh, property businesses just didn't have that resilience they didn't have um the the agility to be able to respond whereas i think that's very different today and not just because a lot of our firms um are are newly established over the past seven to ten years but actually the people who survived learned those lessons, as you rightly point out. So I think agility is the main thing. And over the last uh, two years, we've been trialing this program to establish best practice across the state and letting agents called the Agile Agent Program. And in year one, mm. uh, we only work with 12 different estate agencies per year. And in year one, only nine of the 12 actually were able to come through the program. They just quite simply weren't able to keep pace with, with the innovation that was needed and, and this constant change but for year two, we're still on track with 12 out of the 12. So I do think that agility is, is an important part of the, the puzzle, but it's one that estate and letting agents are getting better at. Um, Nick, before I let you go, there's one final thing, and I don't know if you'll have a perspective on this, but I, I, I really I'm interested to find out um, in terms of the virtual reality tours and remote viewings and, and all other type of solutions. Do you think the culture amongst particularly home buyers and potential home buyers not you know we know it's changing in investors but for home buyers do you think they're going to be able to buy a property um just based on on a remote viewing and and actually go through with the process has the culture changed enough for that to happen no <laughs> no that's, i that's think my fear. I, I think yeah like i i think i think it's an amazing further step to getting people um to go and view the right properties to 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 cut down that um i suppose that let's go and view 10 properties i think if you can give people the opportunity to distill that down to one or two properties 
I think then you get a much better hit rate on the sales side for agents. So do I think they're going to actually purchase a property through viewing it solely through a virtual viewing? No, I don't. Do I think it's going to be a massive step towards them picking the right property and not wasting an agent's time on eight other properties? Yes, I do think that's going to be. So ultimately, I suppose ultimately it'll lead to better sales, probably faster sales, but it won't lead to, in my opinion, uh, sales online. No. Yeah. yeah, no, look, unfortunately, I, I unfortunately, I think you're right. Um, listen, we'll leave it there, even though I know there's so much more we could cover. That was Nicholas Polly, founder and managing director of 3D Design Bureau. Nick, thank you so much for being with us today. That's it from us. You're welcome. Um, you. And I was going to say in studio, but um, from my spare room, that's it from us today. Thank you for listening into Property Matters on Dublin South FM, the show where property matters. Get in touch with the show by emailing hello at iPropertyRadio.com or on Twitter at iPropertyRadio. Also, my thanks to Peter Rice on sound, who has a very difficult job um, this week on Dublin South FM. I'll light the fire. You place the flowers in the vase that you bought today. Staring at the fire for hours and hours while I listen to you play your love songs. Today
This is Dublin South FM.
wears his Sunday best. Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. Sister's sighing in her sleep. Brother's got a date to keep, he can't hang around. 